This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We're here. It's UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Dean are right here. Karen Curtis over there. How are you, Karen? I'm well. I can't wait to talk about alien baby love child. Oh, this is going to be stories. Well, all right. So we have a lot to get to, and e- even a lot to preface this uh, this series. Now that this is yeah. going to be, this is part one of a series of hybrid uh, children, alien and- human love stories. It's this is going to be a wild, wild ride. But it is good to be back. Um, where there was a little bit of a hiatus there, which is you know like we got to recharge. Once in a while. It took you eight hours to research <laughs> half of what we're talking about. It, I felt like, honestly, I was writing a, a book as we were preparing for the now what is a series. And it's so funny because as we're going to get into, like we said, this is all about hybrid experimentation, abduction stories where, you know, we find out about hybrid alien children, even alien love stories. I mean, I mean as it was incredible as, as, as that sounds, but... This this started as a one part thing. We were just going to do one episode about you know hybrid alien children, and it turned into a three part series because <laughs> of so much Stephen information gave, that we ended up Stephen finding. Stephen gave birth to his own alien love I'm, child. I'm telling you, that's it what is this, this episode. It's it's this series that uh, you know once we start doing it, we realize oh my gosh, we have so much information, and that always happens. We never set out, and I say it all the time in like a two part series that we do. We never set out to do a two-part series, but as we come across all the information and we start putting it together, we, we realize we want to give it time. We never want to rush through a subject for you, so we'd like to you know, give it the, the proper time that it deserves, and that's what we're going to do um, with our first story here about a man named Jesse Long. But before we get into that, Karen, I know we always have a factoid. What's on your mind? If humans gave birth in space, yes. it would be very different from giving birth on Earth. Interesting. So uh, I would say a man or a woman giving birth in space, you'd be impacted by zero gravity, of course. Mm-hmm. Long-term human space babies would end up looking very different, <laughs> different from Earth babies. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Ultimately, um, you have extra hazards as well giving birth in space, and they'd have to fix those before you could ever have your first ever space baby. Huh. But the most obvious difference, of course, is low gravity. Uh, right, and without right. the aid of the Earth's gravitational pull, it's going to be hard to for the mother or the father, if they're giving birth, to uh, push the baby out. Hmm. Plus, then it would just float right out of you, right? Yeah, I, I, maybe <laughs> the birthing like, process is easier. Like I don't know. Tethered to you by the umbilical cord, and the baby's like floating around. <laughs> Not sure how that works. Plus, if one day women lived in space permanently, some of the risks of pregnancy would be much greater than on Earth because, you know what, their bones wouldn't be as dense. 
It's really fascinating, yeah. actually, when we think about it, because you think about somebody just like Elon Musk, and I know we're going to get into the subject here today, but we go through the factoid first. But you think about well, someone I, like I, Elon Musk, This who, is like a bridge to alien yes, babies. This is, it is humans having babies in space, and right. then we're going to go to alien babies. Yes, it all connects. Don't worry. Um, but, you know, you think about, again, someone like, like Elon Musk, who is all about interplanetary species, trying to get, you know, humans to Mars and things like that. So, and you have to take all that stuff into account, unless you can... You know, obviously you have a controlled environment inside where it's, you know, pressure cabins and things of that nature. So They can create their own gravity, too, I think. I don't know. I think so. It's possible. But um, do you think that two astronauts have had sex in space? In the name of science, Karen, you never know. <laughs> Listen, there's all types of experiments that go on in the space station. Maybe some that we're not told about by NASA. I'm I'll not sure. I could guarantee they've had sex in space. Hey, look, if, if we're going to try to become interplanetary, you have to know how these things work outside of Earth. So I'm not saying no. I will add a factoid, though. This has never been done before. A double factoid. <laughs> yes. Before we get into the story, we gave birth to another factoid. We did. Before we get into the story of Jesse Long here, which is actually no laughing matter, so I'll get my laughies out first. Um, Mr. Listener who doesn't like us laughing. Listen, we get a lot of feedback. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, and we accept it all. So we're just kind of giving you know one a a hard time, but it's all out of love. We're happy that you listen, and we're happy that no, you he enjoy. No, was upset so. that we laughed about the guy that was basically brutally dismem- not dismembered but what do they call the the animal mutilation mutilation he was yeah. mutilated has eyes carved out and his anus removed and it wasn't good and i made a joke about uranus i'm sorry listen there's always a good reaction or a bad reaction as long as you're reacting and listening we're happy but hopefully you're enjoying it and you know that's the bottom line but a double factoid okay how about this and i'm actually going to put this video up i'll i'll put it up on our twitter at uap uh, podcast at UA Podcast. I'm sorry, I always forget our own Twitter handle at UA Podcast 850, and I'll put it up on our blog too on 850wftl.com under the UAP Podcast. It just came out. It's a new video that's been disclosed from the United States government, very similar to the USS Nimitz video that started all this disclosure. That video from back in 2004, where you know we've all seen it, the Tic Tac UFO. It speeds off. It goes underwater. Um, you've seen it a million times on the news and everything, but this video now shows a view from the uh, camera of a helicopter. I think it's an Apache helicopter, and this thing is, it's, it's hard to explain, but it kind of goes into like a formation, does all these impossible moves. It's a classic UAP slash UFO type of sighting where it has all these characteristics that cannot be explained. And this video is actually three or four years old, and it is just being released uh-huh. within the past couple of days. So uh-huh. it's really fascinating. It's kind of making the rounds online, and we're going to put it out there for you so you can see it at 850WFTL.com under the UAP podcast or, again, UA Podcast 850 on our Twitter. Um, but, okay, after the double dose of factoids there, <laughs> we're going to get into our first story here, which is, uh, again, all about alien-human hybrids. Um, There's a lot of layers with this subject, and with this one story alone about this man, Jesse Long, but with this subject, which is why we had to break it up into so many parts. Yeah, you're not going to hear from us about having an alien baby. No, you're going to hear not from a stories. man who actually fathered one. And that's the thing. So as we as we begin this these subjects now in this series, first-hand account. Yes, these are all first-hand accounts um, that you're going to be hearing. And I think it, the first thing we should mention, Karen, is it's a common misconception 
to some of these stories when you hear about, you know, human hybrids with aliens that it always has to mean that it's that it's a woman. That's a woman that's been impregnated, inseminated, and it's giving birth to an alien human Yes, hybrid. you're right, you're right, you're right. But believe it or it not... It happens to men. Right, it does. And there's a lot of accounts from men, actually, about abductions and taking, you know, semen and using it for hybridization experiments. And that's, in this one case, uh, a very famous case here of, of Jesse Long. And that's uh, where we're going to start with today, so... Listen, it all starts with abduction, right? And this is where he talks about his first abduction. My first abduction occurred in 1957 when I was five years old in Rogersville, Tennessee, a very small town in Upper East Tennessee. My brother John was with me at the time. Uh, above the hill behind our house, we came up on the, what appeared to be a round house under construction. And one man, a taller looking figure, he had a rod, long rod in his hand. A light was emitted from it and we were paralyzed. Okay, so two things I have a question about. Yes, let's start to peel this onion. The round house. Was that an alien house? It's what, kind of vague. Where, yeah. What happened to the round house? I'm not sure. And listen, and this his, is... his brother gets taken. Right. We never hear from his brother. What happened to his brother? Apparently, and I was wondering that too. And listen, it's okay to be skeptical. Well, we, I just want to ask questions. No, and that's yeah. fine. And that's, that's what we always... I always try to get that across. Right. We're not here to push any agenda down your throat and say you have to believe this. This really happened. You made that's We've always prided ourselves on that is we give you the story. We give you the details and you make up your own mind. And so it's we're here to ask questions with you about didn't, some of these stories. Didn't Jackie Gleason build a roundhouse? He did. Yeah, he yeah, built he was a shape. big UFO guy. Yeah, and we've talked about him a couple of times with Richard Nixon and his stories, which you can always go back and listen to those episodes. Fascinating stuff. But you're right about it. There's not a lot of detail about his brothers. So, listen, all I can do is kind of assume in different aspects and say maybe his brother didn't want to go public. Maybe his brother only got abducted a couple of times and doesn't remember what happened. Maybe his brother didn't want to go into his own memory and figured you know what i want to forget about all this well jesse had to be hypnotized yeah and he had to go past life or whatever yeah we're gonna get into that maybe his brother fell in love with his alien consort and you know let's see it up in space you're you're you're, if that sounds crazy to you wait Wait, until next week just wait (laughs) now what i want to uh highlight here though uh first off karen is as we begin kind of this strange journey together is you can't have hybrid children without, of course, being abducted, right? right, right. So it has to start somewhere. And you're going to notice that all of, all of these stories that we're going to cover in this series share that common thread. So bear with us because we got to give you the necessary backstories first and, and how it all kind of started for them. Why does it seem that some of these people who were abducted, abducted he started at five, but he's yes. abducted multiple times. Right. Does every Some people are just taken once, right? Sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes it's just one abduction. We've talked about some of those stories before. Um, I believe it was Felipe Cardenas. I'm just going off of memory, so if I'm getting the wrong, the name wrong, I apologize. We talked about it like in episode four, um, like last year. It was a man in Miami, actually, in the 80s who got abducted in the Hialeah area, right. which we're familiar with. We do the show in South Florida. I know we have listeners all over the world, so we appreciate all of you. So we're in West Palm Beach. You know that area probably. It's a famous area in South Florida. And Hialeah is about southwest of Miami. Right. Which, of course, anybody knows Miami as well. 
Um, well, it's northwest of Miami. Northwest, yes, it's that's right. south of us. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm still thinking south. And all the streets' names change in Hialeah. It's like its own little universe. It really is, It's the yeah. craziest little area <laughs> It is ever. its own world down there, actually. Oh we love gosh. Hialeah. Yeah, we love but it. But it is. It's, shout out Hialeah. Yes, shout out to Hialeah. But I'm glad you point that out, though, because there are those differences where some people just once... And then you have the similarities where the people who are habitually abducted, yes. it starts at a young age. Yes. And that's a common thread, too, that you're going to notice throughout the series. So with Jesse Long in particular, five years old. Remember, even in the celebrity encounters that we did, we talked about some of the celebrities. Elvis. Yeah, he had multiple. Talked about encounters yeah, from encounters. when he was a little kid. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. You know, it's almost like they, they, they pick you out when you're young. You know, that's the only thing I can think of is they, they get you accustomed to this idea, to this, excuse the word, reality that they're there and that they've chosen you to be a part of their experiments, their knowledge, whatever you want to call it. So it's just, it's that's, I don't know, it's just fascinating. It's intriguing to me why it's always at a young age where it starts. So anyway, Jesse was able to remember some of the finer details um, we're going to hear those through his hypnotic regression sessions. He had those. He had a few of those. We do have those recordings. So I want to let you know what you're going to hear is actual footage from one of those sessions. It's tough to listen to. It's it's just letting you know it's it's uncomfortable. It's not, This isn't like a happy thing you're about to hear. So this is from one of his regression sessions of uh, his one of his many abductions. <laughs> I remember being taken into the craft, taken into one room. I was placed on a very cold, flat table. My brother was separated and he was taken into another room. Mm. Gosh, it's tough to listen to. So as one who has been regressed by the best... You did go through uh, hypnotic regression, right? Yes, Dr. Brian Weiss. And this wrote, wasn't for, a camera no, was not it abducted. No, an alien abduction, but no, past life. But it certainly is real. You know, my sister, the neurologist, says, oh, you're so suggestible. So it may be, you know, your brain is, if you are suggestible, you can think it's really happening. But I, it really happened, what happened to me. So I believe this guy in this regression. That's... You, that's not acting. It sounds terrifying. It sounds horrible, right? I mean, it sounds like he's going through true horror. And if you were listening closely, you actually may have been able to make out what he said. I know in the moment it's horrifying to listen to that, but he did speak outside of his screamings. To me, it sounded like he said, he's on top of me. Right? Wow. Am I wrong? Yeah, and when you're in that moment of regression, you're you're there in the place again. You're actually physically there. Outside of your body. So I'm actually interested to ask you about that, Karen, if you don't mind, because you have gone through it. What is that? Does it feel like uh, you're you're kind of, is it an out-of-body experience? Is it something like you feel like you're, you're there right as it's happening? You are fit. You're experiencing all the physical pain. Like, I was my mom's youngest sister, Adria, who slipped down in her high chair and suffocated at the age of eight months. That's what you found out, right? right? That's what I found out, which I couldn't believe it, but it made perfect sense after the fact. But when in, during the regression, I was having respiratory distress. I had a doctor look at the tape because we videotaped it and went on uh, 
on ABC. We had it on uh, 2020 with Barbara Walters and Hugh right. Downs. And I was actually- Karen was a news reporter. Yeah, oh yeah. Big time, actually. For ABC, so. but- um, <laughs> In case you're wondering. So I was experiencing respiratory distress as the baby, as a baby, as that baby, mm. uh, sliding down- uh, So you I, felt it. I felt it, and I was I couldn't breathe. And then I had out of, I was above me in the high chair, and then I saw a little white coffin, which I didn't I no one ever told me about that. Hmm. And then I talked to my mom. She says, yeah, there was a little white coffin for Adria. So were you, because I'm asking these questions because I want to try to relate it to what Jesse Long was going through there in that clip of, of regression so and how it relates to some of these. he's reliving what it was like. He was actually there on the table with the pain he's and the He's feeling terror. it. He's yes. reliving it because you're going into, now in his case, he's going into his own memory bank because the trauma, his brain is erasing the memory because it's traumatic. Yeah. In your case, it was, you're kind of going back into a past life. Right. But it was my memory bank. I mean, yeah. if you want to look at it as we're souls that move on or we're souls that- You still that, have the memory. Right. It's a memory. It's interesting. Man, we can do a whole episode just on that. No, right? <laughs> which we actually have gone into that very deep with uh, some of the Edgar Casey episodes. That's which right. You can go back and listen to very fascinating stuff. Now, what was happening, it's just, it's, it's just all so intriguing because you have to ask yourself- when you hear screams like that, when you hear about hypnotic regression... That's and a blood-curdling scream. It is. Yeah. And he's going through a terrifying experience. And then you think about, well, what about his first abductions as a child? Right. I mean, what's happening then? Right. According to him, he was actually, in his first abduction, he was receiving some type of implant. And that would go undiscovered for over 30 years. But it, what's interesting about the implant is I'm wondering... That maybe people who have one abduction experience, they don't get an implant, and that's how they track them. I'm I'm just guessing. No, I don't it's know. yeah. But he explains what happens when he gets the implant. They were doing something down to my legs. I could feel them poking and prodding around my legs. According to Jesse, the aliens implanted an object into his left shin. And it was in my body for 34 years. It was always painful. Yeah, he said he couldn't put his socks up over it. Right. So now this is interesting, and we are going to get. I know you're saying, well, I thought this was about alien hybrid children. We're getting there. It gets there, but you got to know the backstory first. So wait for it. Yes. <laughs> um, and this is quite a backstory for Jesse Long. This poor guy. I feel bad for him. So I want to first touch on the implant thing because I think they had plans for him from the beginning. It sure you sounds know what I mean? like it. And so like, right? okay, then we're going to use him in the future to procreate, I think is what, well. If you're being abducted as a child, they're putting an implant in you, whatever that implant might be. And we've heard these things before. So remember, again, I, I don't mean to keep plugging like past episodes on purpose, but we've covered so many subjects <laughs> well, in our time here. And they do all connect because we talked about Dr. I think his name was Roger Lear. Roger or Richard, but I know it was Dr. Lear. Richard Le King Lear. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. So maybe it was Roger. Um, but he ended up becoming known for uh, extracting alien abduction implants. That's right, right. And we talked about him one episode way back when where he went on record of taking out implants in people's hands mm -hmm. and their feet and their ankles and their shins and their arms where all these little devices, seemingly, would be, and he would take them out. And they almost look like shards. And this was something that's um, similar. Are they made of, like, weird alloys that aren't from this earth? And that's the thing about this is strange, because you're probably wondering, so what was this thing? What was implanted in Jesse's leg? Well, why didn't he have it removed, Stephen? 
Well, let's let's find out because it was removed eventually and they did some studies on this thing. Yeah, it was removed in 1991. This is the object that was in my leg. And unfortunately, during the initial test that was done on it, it was broken into two pieces. But that allowed us to look at the inside. Some have dismissed the object as simply a shard of glass. But when it was analyzed at Southwest Research Institute, a materials analysis facility in Texas, the conclusion suggested a greater mystery. According to the lab's report, the object revealed a very remarkable composition and exhibited unique surface characteristics that cannot be explained and that the questions outnumber the answers. Okay, that guy's creepy. I know, what a voice, huh? Wow. <laughs> he was made for stuff like that. Um, but it's it brings up another good point. And again, it, it's find a question, right? That's what we're here to do. We give detail, we, details, we try to question, and figure everything out. So this shard of glass, we'll just call it that for now. That's what it looks like. It looks like a, a long, narrow shard of glass. It does. It's been broken in two. It it's does. about an inch long. And the thing about... I'll, and maybe I'll, a quarter inch wide. I'll put up a quick video snippet so you can see because obviously he's, you know, you hear his clip where he says that, you know, I have the, the piece here. I remember one time we lived in Michigan and I was, we had this huge oak tree that got hit by lightning, whatever. And we had a huge swing on it and I was swinging and I jumped off the swing into a pile of leaves and I got a thorn in my knee. And it was in my knee for like over a year. And it was always bothering me like this implant, right? And but it, there was always like a purple lump. Finally, one night, my mom, who was a nurse, pinched it and it pew shot oh, wow. out of my knee and hit the couch and flew on the floor. I mean, it had such pressure built up behind it. But when you have a, an an object in your leg, an alien object in your leg, the body tries to get rid of it. And so I can assume after thirty years of this irritating situation, it must have been nice to get it out. It, you know, even yeah. if it was a shard of glass, a thorn or a shard of glass, it's it hurts. Well and that's the thing is there was really no wound, right? If you have if you anybody has stepped on a thorn or a piece of glass, whatever, we can all relate to that. There's normally some type of puncture wound that goes along with it. He never really described anything like that, right? I mean, it was just oh, kind I'm of like the video. a scar. Yeah, it was a scar. Yeah. So there was there was really no sign of, oh, I hit my leg on something, and you know now I have this piece of glass stuck in me. But the reason why we keep talking about it's this not, piece of glass because like it walk, does look like that. It's not like you walk through a pane glass. Right. Window. Exactly. So the bottom line is something was in his leg. It was taken out. It looks like a piece of glass, but it did not test as a piece of glass. So that's where the questions come in. If this was just something that got stuck in his body from a, you know, a piece of glass when he was a kid and he forgot about it or lied about it, whatever you want to say, then it would show up as a piece of glass when they did the studies on it. It did not. Right. It came up as pretty much unknown. I mean, you would test glass, it'd come out sand. It's sand. Right. It's pretty easy to tell. Silicelic, silicelic as whatever it is. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, questions around that one. It's 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 intriguing. There was something in there, and they don't know what it was. Right. Once they tested it, that's that's the fact. Okay. Now that we have the background to Jesse's abduction history, my other question is: Oh, oh by yeah. the way, why didn't it break while it was in his leg? He must Good never question. hit his shin. Maybe it was wasn't made to break in his leg. Well, they broke it when it came out. Once it comes out, I don't know. Okay. But so that is a lot of the background there. His history of you know the abductions, the implants. So how? 
know you're wondering, do we arrive at the part of his story where crossbreeding takes place? Well, we have reached that part of the story, and uh, he explains how that all took place. The experiments on the table included a sperm extraction. The sperm extraction procedure is the most traumatic and has caused me the most problems in that they actually force me to crossbreed with what seems to be a female being. Yeah, there was the scream again. So he doesn't have the baby. Right. So it's it's where they're taking the sperm, they're taking a sperm sample, and they're using that to crossbreed, according to him, according to his story, they're using that to crossbreed with female aliens. Well, I'm getting two stories here. I'm getting that they took the sperm from him, which mm-hmm. caused him problems, and I'm also getting that they forced him to have sex with an alien. Little, I'm getting two things. It's, it's Did you get that? A little bit. I mean, it is a little. his account is a little confusing. Um, but regardless, it's, you know, if true, it's quite disturbing. Sounds like he went through something, right? I think we can agree with that. This man has gone through some type of trauma. He has an unknown substance in his leg. He he goes through hypnotic regression where he's screaming in terror. So something happened to this guy. Maybe he really was abducted and they, and they used his, his sperm for hybridization. I, I. he says his abductions are all the same. He goes through that hall. He lies right. on a on a very hard, cold table. It's always the same. Now, you said, Karen, there's something called boundary deficit disorder? Yes. So what's interesting on this whole thing, this is in line with like ADHD and those types of things. You know, I think I have boundary deficit disorder because I have a problem saying the word no. I get it. Because when people react, I mean, some people, they like to hear no three times and keep going. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear no, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but here's an interesting side effect of being abducted by aliens. Those people tend to be the people who are boundary deficit disordered. They have problems with relationships. They always say, I've always felt like an outsider. I, I don't feel like I belong. They can't hold jobs. Uh, they just have a tough time in life. And telling this person who's been lost and outside and alone that they do belong, that they're an abductee, that they have an identity, and that there are other people just like them answers all of those questions for them. How about that? It is interesting, actually. Maybe if you're listening and you're like, hey, that's me, look it up. Could be a connection there. I've, I've never actually heard of that. No. So when you look back at Jesse's story here, right, from a child, he has the implant, he's being abducted, they're forcing him to basically crossbreed with with female aliens so how does this all kind of come to an end for him well it does kind of have a shocking weird kind of head-turning explanation here um when he was presented with his alien human hybrid children during one of his abductions in 1990 i was driving from california to new orleans and right outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, on I-40, my car was lifted off the interstate up into a craft with me in the car. I was taken aboard the craft, placed on a table. I was presented with a baby. I was told, this is your child. And there were nine other children standing along the wall. They all looked at me 
and I could see, yes, they were mine. Each of the children who were standing along the wall walked up to me lying on the table, and they each touched my hand as they walked by and looked me straight in the eyes, and they walked on out of the room. And the message I was getting from them was, we're okay, thank you. Yeah, so that was a little different because his whole car was taken up. Yes, and you don't hear about that too often. No, no. I mean, they take the whole thing, and he's up there. I mean, some cars there. are just disabled. Right, and they usually take you out of yeah. the car or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing, he goes up there, and he sees the nine human alien hybrid Plus children. Plus a baby. So right. you've got one that's a baby, and then you've got children, so it's he's happening. He's basically fathered ten hybrid children, is what he's saying. At different times, apparently. Yes. Or all the all the nine, were they from, like, in vitro, and I then think... maybe the baby was the one where he actually had sex with the I don't know it seems like different stages because of how many times according to his accounts that he was abducted and so this was just kept happening kept happening and this race of aliens we know there's a lot of them because we've talked about different species of aliens in this particular race uh, maybe the greys I'm not sure where they were taking him and using him for hybridization purposes. I wonder if the growth rate of those alien babies is the same as the growth rate of the babies on Earth, which is all good question. by the Fibonacci number theory, oh, the yes. golden mean. So I'm wondering if they grow as quickly and as, you know at the same rate. Well, the golden rule is universal. Yep. From I'll what bet, we yeah. you know we went over that. My goodness, the sacred geometry and everything. <laughs> we got real. It all uh, connects. Yeah. We got real, uh, we went deep real deep there. One. Oh yes, we did. Um, but you know, one thing I actually want to point out, and I think it's important to do, and to me, this actually um, gives it some credibility. It gives us some oomph when he says the alien children walked by me, yes, and they looked at me. They touched him. They touched him, and they looked at me, and they looked in my eyes, and I could tell that they were saying to me, "It's okay, thank you." They didn't speak. Yeah, it was a telepathy. It's 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 all telepathy, which is something that we always hear about in all these different accounts of alien encounters, all the many that we've covered. It's always telepathy, right? There's very rarely you hear about an alien actually speaking a language. Now we have heard about it, but it almost always ends up being telepathy. And he kind of talks about that and just you know, as part of his story. It's not like he went out of his way to say they used their minds to talk to me. It was part of, he was relating what was happening in that moment. So I find that interesting. I mean, could this be true? I don't know. He doesn't care, though, if you believe him or not. You know, it's not my job to convince anybody. It's my job just to tell you what I've experienced. If you believe it, fine. If you don't believe it, I don't care. Yeah. Which I think is actually pretty good because we say that a lot about what we do here. So. <laughs> That's exactly our That's mantra. It. Yeah. You can believe it or not believe right. it, but as long Take as you're leave it. you know, going along with us and we have a good time together going over all these amazing theories and stories. That's what it comes down to. And maybe you learn something or you're enlightened in some way. I mean, something happened to him, like you said. It did. That's the bottom something line. Something yes. happened to him yes. because this is his regression is so my gosh, terrifying. You that know? I think and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Karen, as you know, we reached the end of our part one here of uh, alien abductions and human hybrid experimentation with aliens, um, is that something did happen. And it's undeniable whether you want to point to the foreign object that was taken out of his leg or the hypnotic regression. I'm sorry, but you cannot fake no. screams like that. No. When you're in a hypnotic state. 
No, you can't. No. Having been in what you... No. Those were screams of sheer terror. I mean, before I got regressed, I thought, oh, I might go back as a French maid or something fun. It never dawned on me that I'd be my mom's youngest sister. You know, so you can't control where you go. Mm. And then when it happened, it made so much sense, right? So... Because I minored in French in college, I love everything French. But right. it, uh, that was, uh, you know, it turned out to be something like really, really heavy duty and having to do with family. Which, and I have so many questions about this that I'd love to ask him. Like, where's your brother? What happened to him? You know, does, did he have the same experience? And what was the alien sex like? Well, I'm sure he has some questions too, right? I wonder if he remembers it or because he, he kind of glossed over it. Yeah, kind of did. He has a, he has one question that he would like to ask his alien abductors if he does ever see them again. If I could sit down with one of them right now and ask them one question, I would want to know why me and for what reason. That's two questions. Well, fair enough. <laughs> he had a lot in his mind. <laughs> so I, I can give the guy a because break. Because so that they could have babies, that's why. Yeah, I guess so, uh-huh. right? Wow. Yeah. Well, it was quite a part one to this series, wasn't yes. it? My gosh. Hard well, hitting. Yes, hey, absolutely. first person account. Can't beat that. Nope. I mean, again, something took place, so believe what you want to believe from that story. But it's uh, definitely thought-provoking at the very least. And speaking of thought-provoking... Oh, yes. Wait until you hear next week our next subject in part two of the Alien Love Child's uh, series here. Um, Elizabeth Clark, her story is unlike anything I've ever heard before in my entire life. This kind of irritates me, though, because, of course, it's the woman who falls in love with the... (laughs) With the alien abductor. She it, had... It's not the man, it's the woman. No, that's right. Because that's what we do. You have sex once and you fall in love. <laughs> no comment on that. She, uh, I love you. Yeah, this is a, a real-life interstellar love story. Oh, my god. This gosh. woman is extremely fascinating. I cannot wait to talk about her next week. I wish we had more time today. But we're reaching our uh, listenable limit where we don't, we don't want to overload you too much in one part. And then the, beyond that, we're going to talk about how do you raise a, a alien child, right? Yes. That'll Parenting. Be in- Parenting an alien child. Parenting 101. Hybrid alien children. No, that, that's part three. I mean, again, this is all really fascinating, kind of wild stuff. Instead but- of homeschooling, you space school them. Yeah, I guess. So... Make sure to tune in again yes. next time here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Be sure, of course, to always uh, download, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com, and wherever you get your podcasts and all streaming platforms, we're out there. Again, on Twitter, at UAPodcast850. You can follow us there for all the updates and the videos that you know we, we put out. And, of course... Rate us with uh, five extraterrestrial stars, as we like to say. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. I always want to make sure that we say thank you. This is, I know we always say it, but it oh, continues no to idea. grow at just ridiculous speeds. It's like the Big Bang. We went from singularity to, like, a universe. You're not kidding. You have so, no idea. And it's all because of you. So thank you for listening. I'm glad you're, we're both glad that you're enjoying it. And we hope that you continue to listen and enjoy to the show. They're enjoying all the dark matter and all the, <laughs> the light matter. Everything that we're doing. Yeah. So hopefully you come back again next time where we're going to go over again the story of Elizabeth Clark, interstellar love story. It is really something to behold. So until then, it's Karen Curtis there. It's Stephen Diener here. Have a good one. Thanks.